four-time Pro Bowler Dalvin Cook is joining the Jets' backfield. Can you believe it? The Jets keep on getting more fun, baby. The Jets have signed Dalvin Cook to a one-year $8.6 million deal to join Brees Hall in the running back room that is quite the depth chart now. And this offense could be explosive with Aaron Rodgers. Kaz and I will dissect the sign, and Kaz will explain why he does not love the move. I'll explain why I'm thrilled about it. It's all coming up next on an emergency episode of Gangs All Here from the New York Post. Welcome to an emergency episode of Gangs All Here, a New York Jets podcast from the New York Post. I'm Jake Brown alongside Jets beat writer for the Post. Brian Costello is back from bow time in Carolina and... Me and Andrew, producer Andrew Harsh, were talking about once we heard the big news tonight of I am just envisioning Kaz is sending someone around third and score in a softball game as he's getting the notification on his phone. I, I just felt you were mid-coaching and, and you look at your phone and say, God damn it. Um, when Jets fans looked at their phone saying, good Lord, let's ride. I mean, this is a running back in Dalvin Cook that the Jets signed a one-year $8.6 million deal who is coming off back to back to back to back Pro Bowl seasons. He just turned 28 years old and now Kaz gives the Jets insurance in the backfield to join Brees Hall coming off the torn ACL, who the Jets are convinced will be ready for week one. We don't know yet if Dalvin Cook will even be ready for week one as he's coming off shoulder surgery and he'll be a father here for the first time any day now. But Kaz, to me, when you have the money like the Jets do, when Aaron Rodgers is taking 35 million less than like he did, this, to me, was a no-brainer here to sign Dalvin Cook. It gives you insurance. It gives you a stacked backfield. And sure, 8.6 might be a lot, $7 million base contract. But for a four-time Pro Bowl running back, that's not an insane amount of money. It's still less than a guy like Saquon. And he doesn't need to be the guy like he was in Minnesota. He needs to be a piece of this Jets offense. Because as a Jet fan, I love it. I know Jets fans love it. This guy's 28 and gives the Jets a hell of a piece on this offense. I'm not a fan. I didn't, I'm not a fan of the signing. And he's 28. That's old for a running back. He's declining. The last two years, he's been a declining player. I think he could have saved that money for something else. You know, you might need something in October at the trade deadline. You don't know. You know, you're going to have a lot more information about this team in two months, whether that's offensive line or if you have an injury at a position, a key position where you need someone. And now you just spent a you know, that's a good that's a good contract. Uh, we don't know the breakdown of what the cap is. They could they could have, you know, they could have done some stuff to make the cap hit low, but I don't know. I it's it's not terrible, Jake, because it doesn't go beyond this year. So there's one year contracts don't do much damage. I just didn't think you really needed it. I thought Carter, Knight, you know, they they had some good good moments. Um, Abanaconda had good moments. I thought you, you know, you can live with them behind Brees. You know, I think they I, I keep hearing Brees gonna be back for week one. I don't think he's gonna be what we saw from Brees at the beginning of last year for sure. But you know, what's the you're not thinking Cook's gonna be a thousand yard running back, right? Like he's not gonna get that much running. So like I don't know, you just signed a guy, I think probably if he if he runs for four hundred and fifty yards. That's a good season, and you're paying them $8 million. It seems like a lot. Listen, I don't think the money is that big of a deal to this team right now. Sure, it might but what cost if, But what if you need a – what if you need a – you know, what if, Jake, like, 
someone I you know you can't I don't know what the team would be, but like let's say some team decides that they're going to sell off in October, which we see more in the NFL now than we used to. It's not like baseball, but it's more. And there's some like really good right tackle out there, and you're still struggling at right tackle because that's the biggest question mark on this team right now. I think, and you know the the guy's going to cost you. 12 13 million dollars or something like that which would a good tackle would cost you and you can't do it because he's just you know you just gave that money to dalvin cook i think this is a luxury not a necessity jake it's in running backs <laughs> look around the league paying running backs is a bad idea no one's no one's doing it anymore and they just gave a lot of money to a guy who's a declining player yeah i disagree listen i i agree that yeah it might be a luxury but Dalvin Cook is better than Michael Carter. Cook is better than Bam Knight. He's better than Ibby. He's a better running back. He's a four-time Pro Bowler. Right, and he's getting getting just, paid five times as much money as I am. But, Kaz, he's a sure thing. Those guys aren't sure. He's not sure a sure thing. thing. Not, he's put, not a sure thing, Jake. He's not a sure thing. You he's can sure. argue. He's, he's 28 he's years sure old. Thing. Running backs are 28 years old. They're not sure things. Well, 28 if he was a sure 32. Thing, if he was a I mean, sure thing, Jake, if he was a sure thing, your words, right? Would he have been a free agent on August 14th to sign? I think he's a short so, thing so for 31, what the Jets need. So 31 other teams said, ah, he's 31 other teams said, ah, we're going to let the sure thing go sign with the Jets on August 14th. Sure things do not make it to August 14th as a free agent. He'd still be in Minnesota through the short thing. Like there's a reason you're a free agent in August. I think cause for what the Jets need from him, he is a sure thing. He gives them a piece in this offense that now you look on paper. I mean, you could say, yeah, he's declining. He's coming off maybe not his best season, still an 1,100-plus yard season, still ran for eight touchdowns, still caught a few, still a solid uh, – He had shoulder surgery in, in February. In right? pass so, so he's probably yes. not going to be ready at the beginning of the season to be effective. He's not, like the, it's a like, long Schefter season. put out there like right away. But the point is like, oh, Brees Hall might not be ready. This is insurance for Brees Hall. This guy's coming off shoulder surgery. Doesn't sound like he's going to be in camp for a week. He's going to So he's going to have one week of training camp, and then there's that weird week, and then the season's here. I don't know. I, I could be wrong, Jake, but I I think the maximum, like the the best case scenario of him is like six hundred yards, four touchdowns, something like that. Well, if that's the case, and Brees ends up with you know fourteen hundred, then I'll I'll sign up for that at you know twice on Sunday. So you know I, I disagree. I like it. I think you're going to be eating your words, Kazi, in a few months. I think this was a no-brainer for one year. It's not like he was signed to a long-term deal. It's a $7 million base. So, you know, if he ends up getting hurt or it doesn't work out, you lose $7 million, so be it. I think you got to go all in this year here with Rodgers. And you look at the offense now, all the playmakers he has. Now, Carter, Bam, Izzy are three, four, five, which makes that running back depth chart so much better. And it has the guys who aren't. Well, they won't. They're sure not going to running backs. Oh, well, exactly. They got guys in the practice squad now. Yeah, someone's going to get cut. Is he showed some explosiveness? Like, I get that the shoulder thing, he's having a kid, he limited camp time. He'll still get two weeks to practice with this team, assuming he does come back from the shoulder. He's still going to have some time to practice. Sure, he might miss week one, maybe week two, but this is an 18-week season, and for the Jets expecting a playoff season here in January, I think he's in this for the long haul, and this is good. You know, let's ride. This is the year to just go all in, and it might not work out, but if it does... We're talking about Hall, Cook, Garrett Wilson, Corey Davis, McCole Hardman, Alan Lazard, Tyler Conklin, CJ Uzama. And I'll I'll acknowledge what you tweeted immediately after it happened. The O-line's got to hold up. Mackay back to hold up. Yeah, they got to figure it out. Yeah, There's they got to no figure it out. Right, right now, they've got one offensive lineman who you feel good about. And then two guys you feel okay about. And then you have tackles that you have no idea who's going to play tackle right now. You know, you assume you, it's it's Becton and, and Brown. No, 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 but, no. Becton is 
Becton has not taken one Smith. snap. Becton has not taken one snap with the first team, Jake. So anyone assuming Becton is going to start, you're way off. He has he is down the depth chart. I think right now it'd be you know they're counting on Dwayne Brown coming back, but when is he going to come back? They keep saying he's going to come back. So take them at the word, and then right tackle is looks like Billy Turner right now. Um, he's outplayed Max Mitchell. They got but destroyed. They August got destroyed 14th. by the Panthers last week. They got destroyed. And this is the time to get destroyed. It's August 14th. You get Man, it's 27 days until 27 days is a lot of time for things to change, guys. We've seen it. You've seen it. You cover the game a long who, time. But, uh, who are you gonna sign in four weeks, Jake? Month. There's no one to sign. If there was someone to sign, they would have used that money for this. Like there's no tackles out there. So the answer has to be in ha- in-house, and there's no indication they have that in-house right now. So I still think it's there. I I I am confident Makai Becton is gonna get it together, get the stamina going, you know, up to snaps a little bit here. Uh, I know it's still been limited, but I'm confident in the next couple of weeks he's going to earn that spot. And I'm confident this is all He's got to get first-team reps at some point, though, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's telling. He hasn't gotten one first-team rep. That tells you what the coaches think of him. Listen, he's it's a slow progression here. He's got three weeks yeah. to get right, and I, think I this hope is he the does. Week. I think he, there's, there's really two weeks of training camp left. That dead week of, like, August 28th, there's nothing really happens that week. That's their, They'll probably practice light a couple days that week. It's really the next two weeks, Jake, that that you gotta shake it out, and then, you know, you're not really doing anything the week the week before the game. You're preparing for the game. You're not trying to figure out who your tackles are. So they have really two weeks to figure this offensive line out. I think by that Giants game on August 26th, you need to know who your starting offensive line is. And I, I have a feeling the stars are gonna play that night, Jake. Against the, I think Aaron Rodgers will play against the Giants. I think that's gonna be the starting offense that night. I think they'll try to work some things out there, but you have two weeks really to figure this out. That scares me. Just Aaron Rodgers in August. It's not something I'm a fan of. Give him one series and then call it a day. Just have him give three handoffs. Um, not to Dalvin Cook, who won't be ready. But I think you're underselling this move, man. I think the, what he's done in limited time too. Like he had a he had a fifteen sixteen hundred yard uh, year in fourteen games in 2020, where he ran for sixteen touchdowns. And I know that's a few years ago. Twenty, but that's, that's Jake, a you're not asking years. him to do that. Like he's here. He's gonna be a backup running back. Like this is a, he's a backup running back. And that's why I love it. I mean, the guy's never been a backup. Now he's a backup. I, I, and, I got a feeling you were quoting Le'Veon Bell stats in 2019, Jake. Well, 2015. I, mean, I got a feeling you were qu- quoting Matt Forte's stats from 2013 and 2017. I got a feeling you were quoting Chris Johnson's stats from 2009 and 2014. Like, we've been down this road plenty of times with older running backs signing with the Jets. And look, LaDainian Tomlinson, he had like 800, 900 yards, I mean, 900 yards at first. I would year. take that. Yeah. But he was the starting running back. He was starting to be the starting running back. Remember, um, they had gotten rid of Thomas Jones at that point. Uh, I think was Sean Green a rookie? I think Sean Green was a rookie that year. Uh, I can't remember exactly, but he like, Ladainian his first year was the starting running back, and then the next year he moved back in, into the backup role. Yeah, I mean this this is a guy who could catch balls out of the backfield, who could block, who gives you another goal line option. If Hall's down, you got Cook. If Cook's down, you got Hall, and then you got those guys you talked about. So. I see it as a win-win. And I yes, the money thing I get, you might sign an old lineman. Maybe there's a point you end up cutting Corey Davis and eating some some money there and, and restructuring some some things to make it work if you got to sign a right or a left tackle. But um listen, I I I love it. I think and of course, as a Jet fan, we're looking on paper, we're like, oh my God, we just got a four-time pro bowler. I get he's not that player. That's obvious. Running backs get older, they decline. It's just part of the game. But to me, 28. Is not 30. It's not 31. He just turned 28. So he's fresh. He won't be 29 till next year. And uh, I think he's got another year left in his prime here. And I don't think you need that primetime guy. Just, you know, give the Jets another eight touchdown year out of the backfield, play 14, 15 games, 
Help this team come playoff I'll take time. the under on eight and touchdowns. I'll take the under on eight touchdowns. I'm not going to bet it. I'll see what Vegas is going to set the line at. And I'll see when he gets on the field. And, yeah, that's another thing here with both these guys. Like, will we see them for week one? And if we do, we get Cook versus Cook. We get James Cook versus Dalvin Cook Monday night football. It's annoying that it's still 27 days away since uh, until we record this uh, from August 14th. So we got a long ways till week one. Lots can happen. But, Kaz, I'm sorry. This team, the vibes are just immaculate right now. There's a reason Jets fans are, you know, ready to run through a brick wall. We watched, I watched one Jets drive tonight. The Jets teed it up like they were going to show some of the Cook footage tonight. Like, they teed up one Jets drive. You're not going to want to miss this. I thought there was going to be something more, and we didn't see it. Um, have you got a chance to watch either one Jets drive these last two weeks or Hard Knocks? No. I watched Hard Knocks last week. Yeah. What did you thought? What did you think of it? thought it was horrendously boring. Um, really? Yeah. I thought God. you're I not thought a that, Shivers Ed Sheeran fan. Come on. No, I'm not. I thought it was an Aaron Rodgers love letter, which like, you know, we needed more of that. And then too much Hall of Fame game. Like, oh, my gosh, it was so boring. The Hall of Fame game. And then uh, how do you not give us any behind the scenes on the Sean Payton stuff? What Nathaniel Hackett said behind the scenes or, or Robert Sala or Aaron Rodgers, like they just played what what they said to the media. So like there was no. There was no insight there. Like I, that's what I was looking forward to is like give me some give me some behind the scenes when that went down uh, of you know someone saying something about Sean Payton and all we got was the little throwing contest you know where he said the, the name and then they showed basically what we knew already. I just it wasn't the most um like surprising thing of the whole episode to me was Chaz Surratt, Jake, like that. <laughs> that was one I didn't know Robert Sala loved Chaz Surratt. So that was, that was interesting to me. Everything else was, there was, I didn't think there was anything I learned in that episode that I didn't know. And obviously I'm coming from a different perspective than Jets fans. I'm there every day. I watch every day. So I understand it was catnip for Jets fans. I, I'm not saying that, but just my personal thing. I just didn't think it was that, that great. I thought it was cause for Jets. It was Jets fan porn. Yeah, it's a propaganda I mean, for, film. Yeah, it's a propaganda the, film. I the guess. music, the, sh- the method man yeah. is showing up. I mean, shivers with Ed Sheeran when he when he's throwing the balls all over the incredible throws. It was incredible. I agree, it was a lot Rogers love fest, but I think we all knew that was coming for episode one. And one Jets drive here, episode two, made it a Rogers positive PR fest tonight, where they uh, you know they showed him with a couple of kids after the game, a kid in a wheelchair, him giving him stuff, signing autographs. It was very much, you know, Rogers being good with the kids. And and Corey Davis was a cool moment with his kid and and him talking to kids on the field. He He's an interesting piece, this, this uh, training camp, guys, because we really thought he was getting cut. What have you seen from Corey Davis? He was a big story in this in this episode tonight. Has your opinion changed or that? Do you think he stays? And how has he looked so far in training? Well, he's camp? here on August 14th. I, I keep waiting for the moment where they say, you know, you have to take a pay cut or you're going to get cut. And it hasn't happened. You know, he's, I can't see him making $11 million this year, Jake, to be, uh, what is he? The number four wide receiver at best, right? If you go Garrett, Lazard, McCall Hardman, Cobb, why does that guy go like Hardman Cobb kind of slash there? And then Corey's after that. So he's fourth or fifth and he's going to make $11 million. That, that doesn't seem possible to me, but <laughs> it's August 14th and nothing's happened. So who knows? Um, I think he's redund- a redundant player, Jake to Lazard. I think they're very similar players. They're similar size, you know, blockers can kind of do the same things. So I don't, I just, I don't get it. But uh, if he's here, I'm not going to be shocked at this point because it's so late into the, to the, into training camp. 
I say the more receivers, the merrier. I love receivers. Yeah, I mean, you do get injuries. Like, that's a position where injuries happen frequently. There's a lot of hamstrings and groin injuries. And Corey Davis has had a lot of them since he's been mm-hmm. here. So, yeah, so I, I, I get it. I just uh, – allocating that kind of money to a backup wide receiver seems crazy to me. But um, maybe maybe there's a pay cut coming or, or I don't know. Maybe something's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, if he plays like the Tennessee Corey Davis, he could be their number three. I think he's due for a better year just because he's got better quarterback play, but obviously the injuries last year. But there's only uh, one football. Him, but... There's only one football, and there's only really usually five, you know, there's five skilled players on the field at once. Like, so that it's not like, so even with my Dalvin Cook point, it's not that he can't rush for a thousand yards anymore. Like, he just, just, he did it last year. He's not going to have the opportunity to here, Jake, unless things go very wrong, right? Unless Brees Hall is done for the year somehow. Uh, early, like they, he misses a lot of time. Same thing, like Corey Davis could have a nice season, but I don't think he's gonna have the opportunity to have a nice season unless something goes wrong, unless somebody gets hurt because he's back, a backup. So, yeah, it's it, it, and you want depth, but you really don't want to pay those depth pieces a ton of money. <laughs> the de- depth pieces should be making two million dollars, three million dollars, four million, like that kind of thing, you know. Like, that's that's my point there. I think they're just overpaying, you're overpaying backups right now. Yeah, we'll see if they end up restructuring if he even wants to or he's gone. I still would like to keep him. Hopefully they can make it work out financially. Another receiver that's been interesting that was featured here um, as a big story in camp on episode two of One Jets Drive here was Jason Brownlee, undrafted uh, receiver. What have you seen out of him? Do you think there's any chance that he can make the team? I think there's a chance. I think he's fighting for the sixth spot. I thought he got a little overhyped a couple weeks ago. People were going a little nuts about him, but the Jets gave him a decent amount of money for an undrafted free agent. They said they were considering drafting him. I haven't seen a lot in probably two weeks. He's kind of cooled off. Uh, I think Malik Taylor has really kind of pushed past him for that six receiver spot. So uh, it's an interesting though, like the way the receiver room is constructed, Jake, right? Remember when Denzel Mims wasn't playing in 21, uh, Sal kept saying he doesn't play special teams. We can't have mm-hmm. backup receivers who don't play special teams. Like, right? That was the big argument. So now you go through the receiver room, you know, Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, McCole Hardman, Randall Cobb, Corey Davis, right? They're five, you'd say those are the top five receivers. McCole Hardman's probably going to return kicks. The other four guys are not going to play special teams at all. So I think that six receiver spot, it's going to be all about special teams. It's really not going to matter how they look as a receiver. It's going to be who Brant Boyer wants to take. And I think Malik Taylor probably has a little bit of an edge there because he's played before. But, I, I, you know, I'm not positive. It's a very hard thing to assess in training camp because they don't do, you know, only the preseason games. They have live special teams. So, but but that to me is where, where Brownlee is going to be fighting Malik Taylor for that sixth spot. The other guy featured here in episode two, Kaz, was the man with the ultimate voice needs to you know, join Keith Sweat on an album or just do voiceovers. Uh, the deepest voice known to Jets man. That's Michael Clemens. He looks prime for a monster year. I don't know if it's just the his intimidating factor that he brings or, you know, a second year, a prove it kind of year for him. Maybe more playing time this year. What have you seen out of him? Because I feel like he could be a huge factor on this Jets defense. Yeah, I mean, he looks good, Jake. I think he's bigger. You know, I think he can move inside and play a little bit more inside now, which would help him sort of like do what JFM does, kick inside on passing downs to be over the guard. The defensive line, Jake, is crazy. Like, it's it's unbelievably deep, and you saw that against Carolina. You know, they didn't play their top four or five guys, and they still were getting after it. Uh, I just don't know, you know, if anyone could be super productive uh, at defensive end because I think they're going to rotate them so much, right? So, like, Jermaine Johnson – 
has looked phenomenal. Jermaine Johnson, he's been one of the best players in training camp. Um, really, he looks – he's the guy, if you ask me, a year two guy that's going to break out, it's Jermaine. He's looked incredible. Mo McDonald has shown a lot of good things. You know, he's just a pass – he's a just a pass rusher, but he's a very good pass rusher right now. I, he can't play three downs, but they're not going to ask him to do that. Um, Bryce Huff is Bryce Huff, right? He's going to get after it. So, like – you, you go down the list, and they're we haven't deep. talked about Carl Lawson. There, yeah. Carl Lawson and JFM. Carl Lawson, is, you know, has had a back injury; he hasn't really played. JFM hasn't played in the preseason games, so like the depth at defensive end is ridiculous right now. So Clemens, yeah, he looks good. I just, I, I'm not sure how you divide up all these reps, which is a good problem to have, right? That's a, that's a, that's what you want is depth like this at a position, and this is a position where this is a position where they're not overspending for the depth, right? They they paid Lawson, they played paid JFM. The other guys are are mostly on rookie deals or, or uh, smaller deals. I think you know someone asked me the other day how many sacks Carl Lawson is going to have, and it's like it's kind of hard to figure out because I I just don't know how much I, I think these guys might all play like twenty to thirty snaps a game and not not more than that. Listen, it keeps them fresh. Hopefully, that means less injuries. I think the more the merrier. I'll take even the overpaid depth in the backfield too. Screw it, I'll take it. You know that's that's the running backs right. That, that's it. Eight million. That six to eight million. We thought he gave got eight point seven. So he got a little bit over it. Seven million base. So he got right around, you know, an average running back for that for that age and that uh that resume. So I'm all in. All right. Let's close with this. You know, there's the doom and gloom of the offensive line overpaying maybe for Dalvin Cook. But cause can you acknowledge the excitement surrounding the team? Why fans are hyped and why this could be a special season if everything goes right and we throw same old jets, we throw injuries out the window and we just look at the team you've watched. Can you see why this could be special? Yeah. Cause of Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it's pretty easy, Jake. <laughs> That's it's you, you haven't had a, you know, you haven't had a quarterback like this since Favre. You know, that that's the last time there was a quarter. Like there's been excitement about quarterbacks, Jake, but it's been, it's been about hope, right? There was hope with Sanchez and Darnold and, and Gino and Zach, like there's been hope, but there's like this is guys a proven commodity. So I, yeah, no, I totally understand the excitement. Aaron Rodgers is gonna he's gonna you're gonna be in every single game as the Jets. Like they'll be in every single game this year. There should not be a game where you know, uh, like they've gone into games in the past few years where it's like they don't have a chance. Right when they played the Chiefs in 2020, right there was no chance they were beating the Chiefs. You can't say that anymore. I'm trying to. I'm looking at last year's schedule. If there was anyone, I don't think last year there was anyone where you were like, they don't have a, they don't, they have no prayer of winning this game last year. But you know, there's been plenty of games like that in recent, recent vintage where we felt like that. But now you should feel like you can compete against anyone. There's, there's not a team in the NFL. You know, the Chiefs are going to come in week four. Like I, the Chiefs probably be favored in that game, Jake. But I don't think they'll be favored by much. And you're not going to go in there going, oh, my God, there's no no shot of the Jets winning this game. You should feel like you can win every game. And the first half schedule is very difficult. So hurry up, Cook, cook and Breeze. Hurry up. Get the chemistry. Get the cohesiveness together because uh, that could determine the season, their first half. If they end up you know, losing to those great teams and they start off you know, one and four. That's I wrote not, about the other great. day, Jake. I think they can go three and three and you're fine. I think I think if you want to be realistic right, right now, Three and three, you're playing four of the first six teams played in the divisional round last year. Okay, think about that. So there's eight teams playing in the divisional round games. You're playing four of them in the first six weeks. You're playing the two teams that played in the Super Bowl. You're playing the Patriots, who are just always a thorn in your side as as the Jets. 
And now you're playing the Broncos, which seemed like, oh, that, that, that's kind of a meaningless game. <laughs> now, now that's become World War Three, And, you know, that game is going to be hyped up. They're gonna, players are going to be fired up to play that game. So those first six games are tough. So I think – and I do think it's going to take a while for this offense to possibly gel. They're not going to have a lot of time on task together in the preseason. Uh, you know, that we've talked about it already. You know, Breeze Hall is not there. Dwayne Brown hasn't practiced. Uh, Garrett missed some time. Corey Davis missed some time. Lazard missed some time. So they're going to be, I think they're kind of going to be feeling their way in, in the beginning of the season. Now, number eight can cover up a lot of problems. So he might just be able to overcome that and not a big deal. But, you know, it might there might be some growing pains at the beginning of the season for this offense. And, and you know, I think if you come out of it three and three, you're feeling good, Jake, because the back half has a lot of winnable games for them. And not even the first six, it's the first eight. Because seventh game, they're facing the Giants, who made the divisional round. And I think the Giants are one of the sleepers in the NFL this year. I think they're going to have a monster year. And then they... Uh, yeah, I kind of went to the bye week. The bye week, to me, was kind of like the divide. Like, you, you kind of like that first yeah, chunk yeah, yeah. of the season. Yeah. But still, Giants aren't easy. And then the Chargers, the team off the playoffs in a primetime game. That's not an easy one. So, really, the yeah. first eight games are difficult. Then it's you know it gets a little bit easier from there how fascinating how awesome has it been watching rogers we've seen all the video but you firsthand being there every day how cool has that been yeah it's unbelievable i mean he makes throws and i know they tweet them out but sometimes i don't think the tweets even do them justice and like it's a bit a little bit better on hard knocks it was a little better you got a better feel for it but thursday we were in spartanburg and they canceled the joint practice with the panthers so the jets just practiced alone in the stadium the wofford wofford college there they practice in the stadium and Rogers rolled to his left, right? So he's rolling to his left, throws across his body to Malik Taylor, who was like an inch from the sideline. And DJ Reed was all over him. And it was just perfect. It is like one of the craziest throws I've ever seen in person. And they tweeted it, but like they they have to zoom in, Jake, so that you can't see the formation, right? They don't want anyone to see their formation. So that it's so sometimes those shots are so tight that you can't really appreciate just how crazy this throw was. Because if you saw it from overhead, you would have seen how close Taylor was to the sideline um, and how close Reed was to him, which is, it was just nuts. So I feel like there's a throw like that, maybe not every day, but every other day there's a throw. He just, he makes, he's, you know, he's one of the greatest quarterbacks that's ever lived and you watch it. And I thought I like the best part of hard knocks to me was Jeff Ulbrich in the defensive meeting room showing that play way through the Rucker because that was in that, that day that throw was unbelievable. He said that's our guy. And he's that's like, our he said that's our guy. He said and he goes, I think there's one human being on earth that can make this. And he's ours. Yeah. And he feels like and, and he's our quarterback. And I, so I like that to me was like that's the feeling around the team right now is yeah, he's just he's lifted everyone's lever lifted everyone up. I also loved him one Jets drive uh on Monday night they showed the communication between Hackett and Zach Wilson. That's been something pretty apparent that Zach Wilson's confidence has risen. The pressure is all off him. Now, listen, he might have no role, but if Roger were to go down, he's an important piece. And I think he's developed more confidence in himself. He's been a little bit more composed. I think Roger's tutelage has been helping. And I think Hackett's tutelage. Hackett, you can clearly see these guys get along with him. He's lively. He's upbeat. He's a different coordinator than the Jets have had in the past at uh, offensive coordinator cause. And I think you're seeing that relationship between the quarterbacks. We already know the love fest between him and Aaron, but I think that that bond and, and them showing that on the sidelines there with Zach helping him is also going to be big for this offense. Yeah. I think Zach's confidence is, is growing, uh, which I think is important. I think that's really the, the whole, all you want to see this preseason from him. Uh, it doesn't really matter if he's throwing bombs or, or anything like I thought the other day, 
against Carolina. It was a lot of short passes, tight ends and running backs, but he's making good decisions, Jake, which he hasn't always made. Now, I agree with your point and about, you know, Hackett, I think Hackett's done a good job with him. I think the Rodgers influence is obviously there. I, what I do think is getting a little lost, Jake, is just how much credit Zach Wilson deserves. I feel like everyone's crediting Aaron Rodgers. And like, yeah, he's helping. But like, think about where Zach was in December, right? Like he, this guy was. Thought his NFL career might be over. Right, right. And like, like just put yourself in his shoes. He was the number, like, he, obviously he's been good at football for a long time, right? He was the number two pick in the draft. He thought he was going to be the face of the franchise. They didn't have enough faith in him to put him out there in week 18 against the Dolphins, right? They put Joe Flacco out there. Uh, right. It wasn't even Mike White. It was Joe Flacco. And Zach, like, you know, standing at that podium after the Jacksonville game, he looked destroyed. So they go to him and they basically say, like, you're not going to be the quarterback. We're going to go out and get whoever. He, he, a lot of guys wouldn't have reacted very well to that. <laughs> and I think he's handled this very professionally and he deserves credit for it. He's he's accepted that he screwed up and he needs this reset and he's embraced it. I think having Rodgers here helps because he had a, you know, he idolized Rodgers. And I think, it's probably easier to accept when it's Aaron Rodgers instead of Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Like it's just more of a resume, but I do think Zach deserves a lot of credit for his approach here. And I think he's worked his ass off. Like I, I just, it wasn't like Aaron Rodgers came in with a magic wand, Jake and made Zach Wilson better. Like Zach has worked. Yes. Rodgers is helping him. I think he's teaching him. He should have had this here when, when he was a rookie, they, they royally screwed up by not having a veteran to guide him. I saw it in Carolina last week with Bryce young, you know, they have Josh McCown, who we all know well as a quarterback coach. They have Jim Caldwell there, who's a veteran coach as an assistant. Frank Wright, the head coach, obviously, is coached quarterbacks. They have Andy Dalton as his backup, right? So he's, like, surrounded by this, like, awesome group of, of people to help him along as a rookie. Zach didn't have that. No offense to Mike White, but Mike White hadn't played when Zach got here. Like So – I do think uh, I think Zach is making strides, and I just I think people need to, to recognize he deserves a lot of credit, and it's not just all Aaron Rodgers. Do you think he ends up being the backup, or is it going to be Tim Boyle? He is the backup, Jake. I, I don't understand. Okay. I don't even understand how people are asking this question. He's like he's he's the backup. Like you can't. They're trying to rebuild him. If you mm-hmm. now make him the number three quarterback, you destroy him. Like it's over. Like just get rid of him. Like so, Tim Boyle is you know. Tim Boyle seems like a good guy. He's the number three quarterback, though. Zach, Zach is the backup. They, they, there's not a question about that at all. And I'm happy, you know, for our friend of the program, Josh McCown, for getting the quarterback coach job. You know, this guy was destined to coach in the league. Yeah. He's coaching right around the corner from home. We've said on the show before, my mom tutored his uh his yeah, he daughter, had I believe. Te- he had moved to Texas, Jake, but he he's back in Carolina now. But, yeah. yeah, but he does have a home outside Charlotte, right by my parents. And uh, glad for him. They did show him yeah. on one Jets drive and him talking to Sauce Gardner. And they were like, I think it was Ulbrich maybe. And he was like, how long did he play the year? He's like 18, 19 years. I forget. Uh, he's like, I would have been throwing him to you. He said to Sauce. So I don't know, Sauce, <laughs> Sauce almost looked like he had no idea who Josh McCown was, which Sauce is, so, is funny because he doesn't know a lot of people, but so he in that, does his own thing. I thought at Hard Knocks, Jake, he didn't know who Rodney Harrison was. Mm-hmm. Did you Did you see that one? That like Rodney Harrison came over and introduced himself and – he, and he was like, oh, I love what you're doing. And, and he's like, oh, I played with Ty Law. And, like, Revis played. And he's like, I work for NBC now. Like, he, it was like Rodney Harrison was explaining who he was to Sauce. I mean, when you don't know Jessica Alba, you're not going to know Rodney <laughs> Harrison, I guess. Fair point. I mean, Sauce is just beats by his own drum. Listen, play like you are. You don't have to know anybody, man. Just keep playing, keep balling. And hopefully one day, like Roger said, you'll be here one day. I thought that was one of the best moments of that Hard Knocks episode with them two 
you know, not the on-field stuff, but on the side where he looked at Revis and he said, this will be you. I thought that was a cool little moment between a couple of stars. Well, Dalvin Cook is a New York Jet. It's a one-year deal worth up to $8.6 million. We'll see uh, when he's on the field. Maybe the next time we do a show, he'll be on the field. Uh, good luck to him. And uh, the- I just want to clarify, Jay. I'm not saying this is a disaster. It's a one-year deal, right? A one-year exactly. deal. Yep. Can't, but I just wouldn't. I I just think they could use the money elsewhere. I don't think they needed to do this, but it, it's a one-year deal, so it's hard. It's you know I'm not crushing it, and if uh, I, I know people are gonna think I'm crushing it, but I, I just I don't think the production is gonna match the hype. That's what I. That's how I'd put it. Like I, well, I take think- the money off the board. Just imagine there's no money, and that was not a factor in this in your thinking at all. No money. Jets signed Alvin Cook. What do you what do you think of it without the money attached to it? It's hard to do that. I mean, he's better than Michael Carter and Bam Knight right now, but mm-hmm. I think you, I think you would have been fine with Michael Carter and Bam Knight as your backups. I, I just don't think you need to do this. Um, you know, you take the money off the table, Jake. You're gonna like, well, well, they'll they they should have T.J. Watt then too, right? Because you can't, you know, on <laughs> board. I mean, it's not realistic, and money's a factor. And you know, that to me, I think you just you signed a declining player and gave him a a, a decent chunk of money. But again, one it's year. not gonna cripple them. It's one year deal. It's not gonna cripple them. One year, baby. This is the year we're going all in the pot. Yeah, let me ask you this, Jake. Let me ask you this, Jake, because you just live this. You just live this with your other team. Oh God, don't talk about it. This doesn't work a lot, right? Where you go out and sign big names, it does not work a lot, right? We watch. We watch the Mets go out. They sign Scherzer. They sign Verlander. Doesn't really work. We we saw the Nets. They get Kyrie. They get KD. They get Harden. Doesn't really work. Right, you want? To, I can keep going, but like those are a few examples. But it's not every time a team does this. So tell me, the, tell me the dream team that's worked. I mean, I'd have to do my research. So Brady, off the top of my like head. Brady with the Bucks worked. Now Brady, go. he added Gronk. He added Antonio Brown, which was a mistake. Yes. Um, but you know, I, I, they, 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 they did a few. I, but it wasn't quite dream. This dream teamish. But I think Brady's an outlier with everything he does. Uh, but you know, like to go back to the Eagles back in the day, the Namdi Awesome Dream Team Eagles that didn't work. Rams Super Bowl, Rams Super Bowl. Well, they traded for Stafford. Who else? But they trade. They made uh, trades, right? They traded for Ramsey. Yeah, Ramsey. I forget who else they got. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it might not work. But for one year, I say balls to the wall, balls deep. Let's do it. Let's ride, and let's hope Dalvin Cook still got something. He declined a little bit, but he's still a pro bowler. Like the guy was still good last year. It's I, I listen, I could pro say this, bowl, Verlain, pro Scherzer and the, the Mets, how that worked out. But yeah. I know pro bowl is not a super bowl, bowl and amazing. got a lot of guys back out and you end up yeah. being the eighth guy because yeah. no one wanted to make the free trip to Hawaii. Um, longer Hawaii, Jake. That's why oh, Florida, wherever the hell. Yeah, that's is. why there's a lot more guys don't go now. I think it was yeah. Vegas last year, but yeah, yeah it's yeah. I turn on the Mets tonight, Jake, and my daughter's asking me who these people are, right? <laughs> Jonathan Aruz hit a home run tonight. First home run of the She was debating with me whether Ortega was a pitcher or a position player. Are you taking her to Edwin Diaz trumpet bobblehead day tomorrow? She, was, she saw the commercial, and she really, really wants a trumpet bobblehead. So. You should go. I'm go. I'll be there. I'm, I'll get you I'm a drink. I'm not going go. to go, but I do need I, I do need to reach out to my peeps to see if i can get a get her a trumpet bobblehead yeah i would help but i'm keeping mine for myself and we'll see if i can get an extra i I got some friends i have have some friends in the press box that might be able to get me one 
There you so, go. Yeah, you get know, one. But, get one for your daughter. Raise yeah, we right went. We team. went, Jake. We went to the Mets game. Uh, the the night Scherzer was traded. We were on the Grand Central. Uh, so that was the Saturday before the trade deadline. And yes. yeah, we came and you know, uh, we heard it on the radio as we were on the Grand Central, and my daughter said, "Daddy, they're not going to have any good pitchers." I said, that's the plan. That's the plan. And so I was trying to explain to her what selling means at the deadline. And, you know, she didn't 10 year old couldn't quite grasp that. Oh, for your, for your daughter and for me, the Jets, uh, the Mets aren't punting next season. If they trade Pete Alonzo, it is a punt. But the Jets are going for it on fourth down, signing Dalvin Cook. And we'll keep you updated on the podcast in the coming weeks. And we'll close this episode of Gangs All Here next. Boy, oh boy, what a doozy. All righty. I am going to vehemently disagree with Kaz's outlook. I get it. It's a lot of money. It's a declining running back. But Woody Johnson has made it clear. Money isn't a problem right now. This Jets team is dishing out the money. There's always a way to restructure contracts. You cut a Corey Davis. If you need to get an offensive lineman, they will make it work. Was this a need? No. But does it help? Yes, because we don't know what Brees Hall's health is for week one. We don't know if he's going to be ready. Listen, Cook might not be ready either. But now if one guy's down, you got the other. If they're both down, then you go to those other guys. You know, if Brees Hall wasn't ready and he were done with Brees Hall, you know, you're hoping for Izzy to look like he hasn't preseason. He's a rookie. You don't know. You're hoping for Michael Carter to progress after he regressed last year. You're hoping for him. And you're hoping for Bam Knight, who showed shades that he could be something, but didn't show up. So those guys are unknown. I don't look at Dalvin Cook as an unknown. You know, maybe his health is an unknown coming off the shoulder surgery. And I get he was still available. It makes sense. Believe me. The off the field stuff, we'll see. But this is a no-brainer for the New York Jets. And as a Jets fan, I am thrilled with this move on the field. I think it's going to help them so much. And you want to talk about the offensive line not being great? Who's telling me that Carter and, and Izzy and Bam are going to be able to run behind this O-line if they're not great. At least Cook has played behind O-lines that haven't been good and has put up numbers. And Dalvin Cook did this with Kirk Cousins. You're going to Aaron Rodgers, one of the greatest play-action, one of the greatest quarterbacks, and one of the greatest play-action quarterbacks of all time. So what he can bring to this offense is monumental. And I don't think it should be overlooked. Just for a one-year, it's a one-year deal. $7 million base. If he doesn't work out, it will not doom the Jets. We, I mean, we don't think so. And now we just got to see if they match but Jets fans have a reason to be thrilled. So I'm going to decline causes negativity on the show and bring you the positivity of this Jets fan base. And that's when you look at this roster, it is explosive. Of course, it's on paper. Of course, things go wrong. Blah, blah, blah. Cook, Paul, Wilson, Lazard, Hardman, Davis, Uzama, Conklin. Look at that roster and tell me it's not dangerous behind the Hall of Famer and Iron Rod. There is a reason people are talking about gangrene because they're a goddamn good football team. And you're going to see it in the 2023 season. And we're going to be covering it all year. Right here at Gangs All Here. That closes episode 145. It's our Jets podcast from New York Post. Thanks to Andrew Hartz for helping me out and producing the show. And catch up on all old episodes you may have missed by subscribing to Gangs All Here on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating. Write in a positive review. Follow us on Spotify. Give us five stars on Spotify or wherever else you get your podcast. Google, Amazon. Subscribe to the New York Post Sports YouTube page. Watch full uncut episodes and clips from the show there. Go to that Gang is All Here playlist. 
Give us a thumbs up below in this video. Comment. I want to know what your thoughts are. Is Kaz right? Am I right? Are you happy about the move? Are you mad? Did they pay him too much? Jet Nation, how are you feeling about Dalvin Cook as a member of the New York freaking Jets? I'm fired up. You know, the Mets may suck their season's toes, but Jets football is going to be a ride. And I'm going to try to be there for almost every game. Might miss one or two, but I'm going to try to make it for all home games. And this place is going to be rocking. And MetLife Stadium, Monday Night Football. Holy cow. It's going to be a zoo. Follow me on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio. And follow Kaz at Brian Kaz for Brian Costello. I'm Jake Brown. Stay tuned for the next episode. Enjoy episode two of Hard Knocks. We'll bring you some more episodes throughout training camp. Once Cook's out there. We'll get a feel for how he's looking. So much to be excited for, and we got you covered all year right here on Gang's All Here. Take flight, baby. We'll talk to you soon.